Hello, and welcome to the Afterspark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Alice. And I'm Specs. And today, we're going to be talking about episode number 62, Starscream's Brigade. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Oh, we definitely will. <laughs> and lots of other things. <laughs> today, we open with World War II! At... Guadalcanal, of all places. <laughs> Bet you didn't expect that, did you? Well, I mean, I definitely didn't. No one ever expects the World War II flashbacks. <laughs> in black and white, even. <laughs> black and white in Transformers. Yep. Due to the Guadalcanal campaign ending in February of 1943, we know this must be January or February of that year, as the on-screen text informs us it's 1943. <laughs> This is not important. It was just something we noticed when we were trying to look up stuff about Guadalcanal, and we thought it was funny. We see what are presumably the Allies storming the beaches. And with how late this is in this particular campaign, this makes no sense that the Allied troops would be landing. They apparently just decided to do one of the more recognizable things from World War II. Uh, you know, like D-Day. Evidently. As, as we've mentioned, everything's in black and white except the gunfire for some reason. It's in red and looks kind of like lasers, so um, <laughs> violence is bad, kids. And I really want to know why there are lasers involved, or rather, why they're lasers until something gets hit and then suddenly they're clearly rockets. <laughs> There's so much happening here and we all have so many questions. <laughs> it's true. So we see several vehicles left moldering on this island until we transition to the present and colorful world of 1985, where they look much the same. As they did 42 years prior. <laughs> the world's best preserved artifacts left out in the rain, sun, and cyclones. And also, you know, the rainforest that apparently hasn't grown over them. Yeah, that too. But fun fact, hurricanes or typhoons are called cyclones in the South Pacific. <laughs> we are learning so much in just the first two minutes of this episode. <laughs> and now at Decepticon headquarters... They feel the need to specify that this is the present time. I don't know why they put this here since we had transitioned to 1985 in the previous shot. I'm like, I felt like that was close enough, but you guys do you, I guess. I mean, maybe they're in 1986? <laughs> maybe, but, 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 like, I, it's one of those things that's, like, 50 times more hilarious, you know, 30 years later, too, is I'm like, oh, present day, you say. <laughs> Suddenly, in 2022. <laughs> Um, this base would be abandoned, presumably, <laughs> first yep. off. But, uh, we, we, we're in the HQ, and it, we see that Starscream is bitching about Shockwave. An ideal soldier. Who is both humble and respectful, according to Megatron. Does this mean Starscream is getting gender envy? The, the gender here being Shockwave, somehow. Nah, he's getting titty envy. Because Shockwave's rack is just too magnificent. Shockwave has got titties for days. He does. Starscream's response is that Shockwave has much to be humble about. And I'm like, damn, man, you, you don't have to kill him when he's not even here to defend himself. Is that a backhanded compliment? <laughs> like, he's such an important, imposing person that he has many things to be humble about, or does he just Oh, no, no, so no. He, he sucks so much. <laughs> so he has every right to be humble because he doesn't have, because he doesn't have any skills. <sighs> <laughs> Well, I mean, he's the elevator man. 
Starscream and Megatron have a very pot and kettle conversation with Megatron telling Starscream that he's incapable of seeing his own faults. <laughs> so Megatron walks off and Starscream shoots him in the back, causing Megatron to faceplant onto the floor in a most undignified manner. It's super undignified. <laughs> it's super undignified. <laughs> it's amazing. 10 out of 10! <laughs> And Starscream, being, you know, himself, walks over to Megatron's prone body and puts his his head, his foot, you know, on his back, proclaiming himself to be the new leader of the Decepticons. Megatron, as one might expect from a bot who survived multiple explosions, is completely fine and kicks Starscream off of him. Multiple explosions directly to the face. <laughs> directly to the forehead. <laughs> Starscream is surprised that Megatron's not dead. For some reason! Starscream's just a dumbass. Megatron says something along those lines as well, but also adds in that he couldn't be killed by a single blast from Starscream's puny gun. Megatron waves his fusion cannon in Starscream's face, and then Starscream calls to the other Decepticons in the room for help, which we, we may not have mentioned, but there are other Decepticons in this room while they're having this argument <laughs> the entire time. Said Decepticons be Astrofrain, Soundwave, and Thrust, who very much probably didn't want to get involved. <laughs> Astro Train and Sandwave have very distinctive mean girl poses here, whereas Thrust is just standing in the background like <laughs> fists clenched. I'm, I'm just here. But obviously, these three do absolutely nothing to help Starscream. Starscream promises revenge. Megatron makes a pithy comment about you and what army and tells the others to throw Starscream out. Which, this is kind of our lead to what's happening this episode. And, uh, <laughs> then Soundwave, following uh, Star Megatron's command, sends out Laserbeak. Laserbeak carries Starscream unceremoniously off by his feet. <laughs> this is the least dignified that we ever see Starscream. And remember, this is the same bot that later has to possess Waspinator. Yeah! <laughs> like, they're both pretty up there, but this one is arguably less dignified because it's an actual body, at least. I don't know. They're both pretty undignified, though. Well, being carried around by a tiny bird by your feet <laughs> is certainly, certainly an event. Certainly. Then Laserbeak dump, like, drops him face first onto a beach. You know, all that sand, and it's even from a height, so... <laughs> Welcome to Guadalcanal, Starscream. Oh boy, what are we going to do here? <laughs> Indeed! Starscream drags his ass out of the surf and bemoans Megatron embarrassing him in front of the other Decepticons. Or all four of them in that room, anyway. <laughs> you did that to yourself, Starscream. If it's any constellation, I'm pretty sure Soundwave already thought you were a fool. Yeah. HR's fighting. <laughs> I'm just saying, Soundwave is HR, and I cannot imagine that Starscream is not the single most... Like, origin of complaints for HR. That's all I'm saying. The, the problem is, they're probably both HR to an extent. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably both HR, but Soundwave does all the paperwork, let's be honest. Starscream is somehow the one that, like, talks to people face to face. The face of HR, and he's horrible at it. Oh, and, I mean, considering the events of Triple Takeover, Astrotrain probably thinks Starscream is a fool as well. <laughs> but, I mean, Thrust is isn't the sharpest tool in the shed, so maybe you still have some of his respect? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, he's not the conehead that rams, his, rams himself <laughs> into things, so... Eh? Eh? Starscream begins walking around the island and proceeds to trip over a piece of a plane that's, you know, covered with 
island growth. Yeah. So he digs in the sand further and unearths an, an entire tank. <laughs> that is in the shittiest shape. Elsewhere, Thundercracker and Skywarp are guarding a Decepticon space bridge when Starscream flies up. The other Seekers block his path, and because Megatron's ordered, no one can use the space bridge. And then Starscream just fucking threatens violence, though. Threatens them with violence. As you do. Starscream arrives on Cybertron and sneaks into the Decepticon Detention Center. Evidently, this is where renegade Decepticon prisoners are held after being reduced to their personality component. Yep, there's an entire little uh, infomercial, you could say, that happens a little bit later that <laughs> describes this. And now I'm wondering what that com- what the meeting between Shockwave and Starscream was like in this, considering Shockwave's the elevator. Uh, yeah, like, did Starscream just walk past him? Did he do it at a time he knew Shockwave would be away on a coffee break? Yeah. Like, uh, that's what I have to assume, is that, that Shockwave was on his legally mandated lunch break, <laughs> and uh, Starscream just, you know, came in and out in, like, 30 minutes, erased his, uh... Transit his, log? Yeah, his trip from the logs and all that <laughs> Yep, so Starscream snuck his way into the Decepticon Detention Center, grabs a box out of a drawer, because apparently the Detention Center just looks like post office boxes. (laughs) Like file cabinets. (laughs) Yeah, built into a wall. He grabs, I think he like shoots open the lock, grabs a box that looks like Energon or something out of a door, and then basically murders everyone else in the the drawers by shooting them. (laughs) To quote the TF Wiki, Starscream's a bit of a dick. Yep. He returns to the island, presumably missing Shockwave again. (laughs) Again, I'm just going to assume Shockwave is on break. The guy has to sleep sometime. (laughs) Yep. And Starscream's dug up five vehicles he salvaged and starts putting those personality components into them. Some of which are some really interesting colors. Choices were made here. Choices that meant someone had a giant ass purple bomber. In the middle of World War II. Well, that was not some dazzle (laughs) dazzle camouflage, guys. (laughs) No. Further decisions were made when the new old cons transform into robot mode, which apparently automatically makes their uh, vehicle modes upgrade. (laughs) Some of which makes slightly more sense than others. Yep. I've got many questions here, but let's just take it away. <laughs> For example, Brawl and Swindle just look like a shinier, newer tank and jeep, respectively. Yep, while the other three go through quite the metamorphosis. <laughs> like a butterfly from a really beaten up caterpillar and, um, chrysalis thing. Blastoff goes from the giant purple bomber we'd mentioned to a space shuttle. <laughs> Well, Vortex goes from a fighter plane to a helicopter, and Onslaught goes from a half-track troop carrier to being a flatbed missile truck. There are some very big size discrepancies yes. happening here. Especially a space shuttle! Yep. Evidently, your alt mode comes from your soul. <laughs> so these five are the Combaticons. They do not seem terribly pleased with their Earth bodies that Starscream has shoved them into. <laughs> Starscream tells him he broke them out of the detention center and that they will help him overthrow Megatron. (laughs) Why he thought this was a good idea is beyond me, but whatever, moving on. Yeah. So, the Combaticons ask, uh, what is stopping them from taking him out? Him, Starscream. Starscream did actually think ahead today, um, because he didn't give them any fuel absorbers, so... 
they won't be able to survive very long without his help due to, you know, starvation. Yep. This is quite devious and quite cruel on Starscream's part, but I mean, (laughs) what were we expecting? So the five huddle up, but due to a lack of other options, they have to go go along with Starscream's plan for now. And for a very short introduction to the Combaticons, we have the following. Onslaught, who is the leader and tactician, and as we said previously, turns into a missile truck. I just wanted to point out, I'm actually amused that the team's tactician is the actual leader of this group for once, because with the other ones, it's not necessarily true. Uh, Like, the Constructicons, it's Scrapper, who's Mm -hmm. the head, not Hook, who probably is more of their tactician. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure Hook actually turns into the literal head. (laughs) He turns into the literal head, but he's not, like, the leader of the group. I think it's very funny. Yeah. And then the Stunticons, where Motormaster is the leader simply by dint of being the biggest. (laughs) I'm like, he big? He big and he hit. (laughs) Yep. And then there's Brawl, who's loud, likes to shoot things, and he turns into a tank. Also, he is apparently very dumb, based off of his original toy tech spec. (laughs) (laughs) And we have Swindle, who seems to be, weirdly enough, the most reoccurring Combaticon in other media. He's basically Scrooge McDuck if Scrooge were more of an asshole. He is completely obsessed with money, much to his and everyone around him's detriment. Yeah. And then there's Blastoff, who's extremely snobbish, thinks he is figuratively above everyone else, and often is literally above everyone else as he orbits the planet in a space shuttle mode. Then we have Vortex, who is an interrogator or a torturer, depending upon who you ask. Uh, His alt is a helicopter. Oh. And in IDW stuff... There's some weird shippy stuff between Blastoff and Onslaught, so take that as you will. <laughs> I I knew there were two of them, but I couldn't remember who they were because I only read that once. <laughs> it, yeah, it was Blastoff and Onslaught, and it's more or less one-sided, except there's some also some weird mind control uh, Yes, stuff. I vaguely remember that, too. Then we cut to Cliffjumper and Jazz, who are at... An unveiling of an Optimus Prime statue in the middle of some podunk-looking town. (laughs) So Starscream and the Gmaticons arrive, scattering the crowd to the four winds. They introduce themselves, their powers, and proceed to destroy the Optimus Prime statue. (laughs) And then Jazz and Cliffjumper are captured by Vortex, who sucks them into his cargo hold with a, well, Vortex. (laughs) Yep. Oh, and, like, the weird thing here is that I think the stat, the Optimus Prime statue was, like, a memorial statue? It, I, I don't remember. It just was definitely, like, why is this here? Yeah. <laughs> like, you had to spend tax money on this. Weird choice, guys. Weird choice. I'm judging you. <laughs> I'm judging you, cartoon town. I, I don't know, man. Coming from a small town, I'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Back at Guadalcanal, the Combaticons start fighting amongst each other about... Who was the most useful in the last fight? They want their energy absorbers, but Starscream says, oh wait, we need three more, because he can't play favorites. (laughs) So, you know, they've got to capture three more Transformers. And and they need his expertise to do the transfer. And then it's like, girls, girls, you're all pretty. Stop fighting. (laughs) In the meantime, Shockwave has figured out that someone has broken out some prisoners and calls Megatron about it. Megatron blames the Autobots and proceeds to attack the Ark. This time with Skywarp Thrust and Ramjet in tow. Megatron orders Optimus to return what is his, and no, he doesn't specify what, he, what the thing is. At least not at first, because naturally Optimus is like, what the hell are you talking about? 
Megatron tells him he wants the personality components from the renegade Decepticons that they stole. But when Optimus <laughs> demands the return of Jazz and Cliffjumper, Megatron realizes that perhaps this was all Starscream's fault instead. <laughs> Honestly, I'm wondering why Megatron would even assume the Autobots would break out renegade Decepticons. Because, I mean, the renegade Decepticons, they probably aren't going to side with the Autobots. I mean, that would be my assumption, is that he thought, oh, they're political prisoners, they'll side with the Autobots. Uh, I know they don't. Like, even later, but but maybe that was his thought process. Maybe, yeah. So, upon this realization, and after taking a shot from Prime, Megatron orders a retreat. Afterwards, Optimus asks Teletran 1 about Renegade Decepticons. Teletran basically gives us a nice little infomercial <laughs> rundown. Like, well, the rundown that we did earlier, as well as somehow knows about the theft for some reason. The Autobots, um, using that in conjunction with a newscast they had seen earlier, realized that Starscream was the thief and Optimus states, and I shit you not, that their little domestic squabble is none of our concern. Talking about Starscream and Megatron. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> God, now I'm just imagining, like, a really weird neighbor's AU. <laughs> where this is definitely... Where this is definitely a domestic squabble between Megatron and Starscream, and now Megatron is just showing up to throw rocks at the Autobots' house. <laughs> you know, Optimus Prime and his 15 adopted children. Yep. And it's like, just coming from across the street and it's like, you're a bad influence. You're a bad influence! Stop stealing <laughs> our children! Or the cats, or whatever. God. So the Autobots don't want to get involved with that, but they do still need to rescue Jazz and Cliffjumper, so off they go to do that. Or so we thought, because they're all in the arc again later, so we're really not sure to where they drove off to here, you know? It's like they hurried up and waited. Yeah. <laughs> and now to train Depot for some reason, which we have no indication of why the Decepticons are at the train depot. But we're here, and now Starscream shows up and is ready to kill Megatron. Until we cut to commercial. <laughs> but before Starscream can finish his monologue, upon return, uh, Soundwave, MVP, always, shoots out a light and distracts Starscream and the Combaticons enough for Megatron to escape. And, like, there's some really fun, like, hand poses here. <laughs> and on Soundwave's recommendation, Megatron's group flees. And we see a reflector in the group! It's been a while since we've seen a reflector. Uh-huh. It really is. I'm not sure we've seen him for like the past 15 episodes. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh-huh. I guess the animators found his model sheet. And like, <laughs> hey, hey, let's bring this guy in. Evidently. They pulled, the Decepticons pulled him out of the closet for the day. <laughs> they pulled him out of his office closet. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> the Combaticons are restless, but Starscream points out that they have two more energy absorbers, having also captured Thrust and Ramjet, which seems to diffuse the situation for now. You know, him reiterating that they need him so he can install the energy absorbers, lest they strip him for parts. <laughs> At the Decepticon base, Megatron gives most of the other cons a pep talk, but when Soundwave goes to call the Stundicons for help with their little Starscream problem, Dragstrip responds, tell Megatron to blow it out his exhaust. <laughs> so, as you can imagine, uh, he's not with the initial group that goes to find Starscream. <laughs> Yep. But at a power station, where Starscream has set up base, he and the Combaticons are absorbing energy. Which they're absorbing them through, like, their chests, if I'm remembering right. Like, I tubes, it looks weird. It just, I'm like, how do you eat? I don't know. I'm just, just not questioning this. I'm turning my brain off for, for like, how Transformers get their nourishment. <laughs> uh, 
there's so many different ways that are shown and none of them make any <laughs> well you know we sense. have the beds we have the energon cubes we have cables yeah <sighs> megatron and the other decepticons roll on up to confront starscream's group Powerglide, meanwhile, spies on what's going on from the air and calls Optimus. The Autobots move out to collect their friends, who are also being held here. They're all... they're tied up. <laughs> oh, back, to, back to tying people up, or are we, are we uh, cons? Huh? Yeah. Very kinky guys. <laughs> or Starscream is, I guess. Yeah. In the Decepticon fight, uh, Megatron orders the Constructicons to form Devastator. But Starscream has thought of this already, telling the Combaticons to form their own combiner, Bruticus. Bruticus. Big. Angry. Dumb. Punches real hard. (laughs) So while the combiners are fighting, the Autobots arrive. The cons continue to have little luck taking down Bruticus. Even with all of their gunfire being centered on his crotch. (laughs) Megatron orders a retreat, but Bruticus grabs him before he can take off. Starscream makes Megatron cry uncle, or Starscream's the new leader of the Decepticons. You know, (laughs) nonsense, guys. The Decepticons finally arrive, realize that Starscream's not going to stop with just basically offing Megatron and form Menasaur. So, so the thing is, the Decepticons are up on a cliff in in the background, so they... I'll drive off the cliff and then do the, the transforming combination <laughs> in mid-air. It looks goofy as hell. And then they punch Bruticus into a crater. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing. Yep. Megatron climbs out of said crater and grabs Starscream by the neck, ordering Astro Train to get rid of Starscream and his, well, remove his giant ally off of this planet. We end the episode with Starscream and the Combaticons having been set adrift on an asteroid as Starscream promises revenge. Yep, and actually it's a pretty funny looking end. It is. End screen, because everyone's just like flat out on (laughs) this little asteroid. So join us next time for the Revenge of Bruticus. If you thought the Combaticons wrecked havoc on Earth, just wait till they arrive on Cybertron. It's Shockwave's turn to babysit. (laughs) No one thought this through, because one of them was a space <laughs> shuttle. I think I think they, like, had removed their fuel or something, but mm. I can't remember how they got off the asteroid, if that's the case. So that's join us true. next time. We'll talk about how the hell we get off this asteroid. That's true. I keep up remembering the one where Shockwave rides Starscream's <laughs> alt mode. That time that they're stuck in space. Was that? That might actually be that episode, now that we say that. I don't remember. Anyway, it's going to be a fun episode. Come back then. Yeah. All right, we have some fanfic recommendations for today, courtesy of Owls. Take it away. So our first one is called Interbruticus. It's by Murphilly. It's continuity of Shattered Glass, so they're good. It's rated G, it's Gen, there are no pairings, and our characters, for the most part, are Onslaught, Vortex, Brawl, Blastoff, Swindle, Megatron, and Starscream. In summary, Megatron interviews the Combaticons upon their arrival in Polyhex. If I remember properly, Polyhex is where the Shattered Class Decepticons headquarters is, so they basically come to join the Decepticons. Mm-hmm. Uh, character theme wreck is, hey, <laughs> Combaticons! And it is the start of, I think, a longer series, but this is the part that focuses on the Combaticons. And then our second one is called Dog of Law by Chichi Chimera, parentheses Gestalt 1. Continuity is IDW. It is T, it is Slash. Our pairings are Dominus, Ambus, and Kaon, previous Dominus, Ambus, Rewind, and Rewind, Chrome Gum. 
Our characters are Minimus Ambus, Rodimus, the Rod Squad, Swerve, Megatron, Ravage, Dominus Ambus, and the Peck. Which are the same characters, but that does list down. It's a spoiler for a pretty big, pretty long part of the series. Yeah, actually it is. So, you know, eh, read with caution. It's also, I think, the longest thing I've ever recommended. At like 53,000 words, but hmm. it's interesting. <laughs> So, in summary, when Rodimus and the squad are thrown into a cell on Luna 1 by Tyrus, it isn't a small green and white mech they find waiting for them, but a small green and white turbo box. I've read a fair bit of this, I think, but it's been a while since I've read any of it. It was good, though. It, it got completed. So <laughs> it did actually get completed. And if uh, basically the gist, spoilers, is that Minimus gets his T-Cog taken out by Tyrus as punishment. And then has to basically... It, there's also a few other horrific things that happen to him, but, you know, he basically has to deal with the fact that he is now stuck as, as a turbo fox. Yeah. There isn't, a, despite, despite the fact that I mostly have, like, mini mag stuff, there isn't really any mini mags in this. They're friends, which is nice. And actually, Minimus and Ravage are friends. It's really cool. I like them. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> Ravage is kind of like, yeah, you have a beast all time to deal with it. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it's Ravage. Yeah. Um, and this is one of my wild card picks, so it doesn't have, you know, a uh, theme for the, with the episode. Well, aside from ending up in a form that you're not necessarily happy with. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> but I just picked it at random and I was like, oh, this one's really long and I remember reading it and liking it. So here you go. <laughs> yep. All right. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pulleport as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information and show notes or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word in various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts, such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm Alice. Toodles. Because these are basically civilians who are hanging out and... What, Massachusetts? Which is what I thought it was gonna be!